Welcome to the Seminar 103 Commentary. And with us today, we've got a, a whole slew of people. We got V.C. Morrison, writer of The Rappers. Hello. And we have the Bridges Three, Joshua Bridges, writer of our first short, Unbury Your Gaze. Hey, hey. And we got Tilly and Susan joining us again, writers of our second short, The Error Initiative. Hello. Hi there. And as we roll into this, hello, everybody. How, how's everybody doing? I live. <laughs> yeah, you know, getting by. Hanging in there. Life is all right. Nice, nice. Because, uh, yeah, we're recording this commentary a little bit later than usual due to backups on my end. And uh, we are now in 2022. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a ride so far. But uh, here to hopefully, you know, distract people from their day-to-day COVID wonkiness, here's our commentary. So, yeah, as, as we uh, noodle our way through the intro credits here, uh, VC, is there anything you would like to give a shout-out to regarding these rappers this episode? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, see, this is the third episode, so we are slowly moving to a new status quo. Um, and Thomas, um, and I think this should be a challenge for them. Uh, and and uh, for me <laughs> as well, trying to write this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting a little nuts now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, New and Thomas have met aliens. Yeah, yeah, because so far they've just been talking to Kay Teller and over the radio. And they're like, wow, this lady's crazy, but let's see what she's all about. So they're getting to actually meet her in person now. Right. And uh, I, I really loved News reaction to seeing yeah yeah because she's like wow you're pure big big so big, big yes <laughs> something i was kind of interested in working on in this episode is that um like up till now in my time on seminar new and thomas well and, and alex and allison before at the very beginning they were all in these like empty places with no other people and uh, when they when they first see Kay Teller and ship, they're like, wow, it's really big. What is that? And I was like, oh, well, if it's really big, there's probably a lot of people and things in it. So like in that little intro as they as they meet Kay Teller and I'm like, OK, they're in the hangar. What would I put in the hangar? And I'd have like people working in the background, maybe drones flying around doing repairs or sending messages and stuff. And it is kind of a nice change to have like populated spaces instead of these empty Caverns full of monsters. This is yeah, whole change. Just um, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole new, it's a whole new, it's a whole new, it's a whole, new, it's a whole, new, it's a whole yeah, it's a whole new, whole new universe for new. Mm. Um, uh, I really wanted to just like change the whole feel of the show and have it return to a seminar-like feel. So you know, voila, people, um, strange people, but people, people nonetheless. <laughs> I would like to point out that um, when I when I create when I create when I created Catellerman, it sounded like a game show host, and I think that's what we have, and I really enjoy that. Catellerman is great. Yeah, and something I really enjoy about the way you've written her is um, she has these moments of like extreme imperiousness, bordering on like 
Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where she's like, oh, you're so cute. You're so cute. Look at you little people. Oh, uh, what do you call that? I'm losing the word. <laughs> like overly motherly kind of. Oh, man, what is the word where you like talk down to people? Oh, no. My English. I need to read more books. Anyway. Patronizing? Is that what you're looking for? Yes! That is exactly the word. Thank you, Tilly. Always trust the writer to know the words. <laughs> yes, indeed. But, uh, yeah, like, the the one line especially where, where Kate Tellerin is like, oh, we don't abide slavery of any species, regardless of their intelligence levels. And I'm like, oh, dang. Oh, dang. Well, you know, actually, it was not supposed. It was not supposed to be a, 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 a slight um, on 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 new, but somehow, but with the actor, it turned into that, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it was not intentional, but holy crap! Yeah, that does sound exactly like that. No, no, we do not abide slavery of species, whatever their intelligence level. I simply mean that once news of your yeah, that, that was a great line from from Bailey Wolf. I mean, when she when she dropped that one, I was like, "That's the take. That's the take." <laughs> Whatever their intelligence level. Oh, look at you, you cute little human things. <laughs> oh man. I am saying that we the consortium. I love, I love, I love, I love what you did with with the um. When, 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 she, when, she, when, she, when she's introducing the um, the, uh, the consortium, um, and you have know, this, you have this, uh, you have this, you have this music in the background, like it's like like it's like like it's an ad. Oh yeah, I was thinking about it like multi-level marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like one of those stage presenters who gets up and's like, this is amazing and all these different things we do and you're going to love it. <laughs> and then we'll talk. Oh, but now they're in their hotel room. And yes, now New moves into their new room. It's, it's like on this ship. It's like and yeah, it's like a hotel room. Um, so he is that the is that the that the consortium has a huge a huge a huge database of uh, different uh, different species. Some sort of multicolored than what uh, species would would uh, would uh, would uh, enjoy in in, in, very, in various uh, in various uh, in various situations. So they made uh, basically on 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 what on what on what on what on what, 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 what would suit new. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, the the way Thomas comes in and he's like, it's got this and this and this. I was like, how am I going to make him do checking off his fingers? And it's like, okay, give him little bells. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the beasts were cool. Yeah. Bing, bing. <laughs> it's like, check, 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 check. And it's normal. Oh, yeah, but the bathroom scene, that, that was fun to work on. It's like, well, I gotta make her sound like she's in the next room, and it's got tiles. Let's make it ringy. <laughs> Very well. I will become acclimated with the technological side of the amenities. Uh, don't forget, you have a rather heavy choice to make. Oh. You have to remind me. Hey, uh, how about a story? Ah, yes. Let 
me see if I can send the audio to the bathroom. Now here we go into uh, here we go into unbury your gaze. Joshua Bridges of the Bridges Three. I, I was I was kind of floored yes. when I saw that. I was like, wow, they got got a whole deck of bridges here. <laughs> we do, we do. There's a lot of us. <laughs> so, uh, when you were writing this, um, what what prompted you to write this story? Um, I mean, as as the title says, um, like it's it's there's the trope of burying your gaze that that gay characters in fiction just have a tendency of just dying um, a lot. And I was like, well, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of tired of that. It's like, oh, I, I, I love this character. Oh, they're dead. Um, <laughs> because I see something in that. And so with this, I was like, well, let's just turn it on their head and have um, some people who are, some lesbians who are faced with death and, you know, a gay guy who is already dead. Um, and and has this chance to sort of undo some of some of those tropes. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun working on this one because, uh, yeah, like I do enjoy. I did enjoy how it did get turned on its head. I mean, oftentimes it's like these straight characters leading the way, and da da da. But yeah, like um, oh, let me let me just. Okay, so Elizabeth Johnson as Millie and Marissa Cabrera as Leonor. And then uh, we had uh, Danny Spiller as Zephaniah. Like, the three of them, their interactions, like, it was kind of funny to me how there's this creepy ghost and, and Lenore and Millie are afraid in the beginning. But then as they get talking to Zephaniah, they're like, wait a minute. Okay, you're not going to hurt us. That's weird. You're, you're not the ghost we expected. Um right. Yeah, and I think that just goes to the, back to the, for me to the idea of, of sort of queer found family, and how oh, so many queer people just can't have that family um, that they have, but they find it with each other in, the, in sort of the community, um, and somebody that's supposed to be identified as a threat is actually ends up being the person who saves your life. Hmm. And I guess the mob is a little self-explanatory in this one, then. Uh, I mean, we've got uh, Tommy Tesno as Gregor, the husband. Um, Dinadarakshan as the mob leader coming in and leading this group of people in to go mess some stuff up. But w- what time period were you picturing this? And, like, what kind of geographic location? Because Yeah, I was picturing, like... 18th century, probably, maybe, maybe early... 19th century sort of um you know a, a time when you know you're gonna have like an actual real witch hunt um because that's kind of the whole impetus because obviously all lesbians are witches um right <laughs> can confirm it's true just ask us <laughs> G- given the number of lesbians i know who actually are witches is it's actually pretty great um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and so I just I was like, yeah, it's it's kind of going to be in this sort of t- this time period, um, but it, it was intentionally left vague because it, it, it could have easily happened in the 20th century, and maybe it could have easily happened now, but maybe not quite to the same extent. Yeah, I think if it had been more modern, rather than torches, maybe they would have had, like, 
assault rifles. <laughs> oh, that that would have been a little too too real. I don't know if I could have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That would have been awkward. That, that was that was that was my favorite line. That right there. Hear this, motherfucker. It's just. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that line so much. And then she throws open the door, and he's like, "Come on, really?" Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The the. the it it is kind of funny how like they're fighting him in the beginning and he's just like ah no idiots I'm a ghost you can't hit me <laughs> oh in this part from Lenora where she's like yeah I'm the witch right I'm gonna mm, do this and uh yeah, totally yeah uh huh mm-hmm. yep and he's like oh really well can you do this <laughs> throws the bed across the room. <laughs> Zephaniah's surprise that she is not actually a witch is just and the disappointment it was just like yes and I, I really loved how much just that was conveyed in the performance of it yeah because I, I wonder if he was hoping maybe she could set him free or something but uh yeah right. yeah this sort of this sort of oh you're 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 supernatural like I am I was like well no I'm just I'm just a person just troublesome <laughs> just troublesome yeah and i have to say working on this was i think uh, that was hmm? i just wanted to say really quick that i think that was one of the important things about this is that she wasn't a witch to prove how wrong the mobs were so the fact that she wasn't and she was just a normal person a lady who happened to love ladies and that was that was all they needed to you know go after her and that so that was an important distinction that um, I think was really important to make. Right, yeah, because it... Not not that, that witches should be burned <laughs> at the stake, but if, if she was a witch... No, 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 no. <laughs> nobody should be burned at the stake. Yeah. And nobody um, should burn stakes. So let's just make sure we got all the bases covered. <laughs> Rare stake for life, yo. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, because it, it is interesting how Gregor is like, we could be happy. Like, he's chasing his wife. He's trying to get her back because the evil witch woman stole his wife from him, bewitched her. And he, she's just like, not really, actually. I just like ladies. I'm sorry, Gregor. And I have to say, like, uh, Tommy Tesno's performance, when I heard his audition, I was like, oh, man, this is great. He's like just some normal dude, kind of whiny. And, like... <laughs> so white and I was like he just you know he's in, he feels entitled to ownership of his wife and of course she's going to love him and then Lenore is like nope mine <laughs> well what I what I really liked about a lot of these performances is that all of the, all of the straight men feel like such caricatures but all of the queer characters feel like really fleshed out people mm. and I'm like that's that's a nice flip of, of how we normally get it yeah um well, sure, the whole thing's about turning, you know, the tropes on their heads, right? So, I mean, all white right. dudes are kind of the same, but... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's fair. I will accept that as a white dude. I was about to drop the hashtag, but I was like, nah, nah, I can't fight that one. <laughs> no, but speaking of all the white dudes being the same, uh, playing the mob was fun. <laughs> I was really like when when I sat down to do it, I was like, "How am I going to differentiate all these white dudes?" So I was like, threw in different accents, 
threw in a couple of different, uh, like you got the big bruiser guy who's like, give me the axe. And then the, the weird British guy is like, this is ridiculous. And then the scared guy, like, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. Good job. One man band. And all, so all the white guys, well, most of the white guys were the same guy. <laughs> No, but I have to say, like in terms of doing sound design for this one, this was this was a tough episode to work on for me, because um, there was a lot of there were a lot of things I wanted to do but ran out of time to do, and there were a lot of things that were kind of tricky to to visualize in my head, because um, there, there's like two main locations. There's the foyer, and then there's the bedroom where, like, pretty much all the action takes place. But the transitionary states were kind of tricky to work on because uh, initially you've got Millie and Lenore going up the staircase down the hallway to the bedroom from the foyer. And then you've got the mob breaking into the foyer after coming in from outside. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a trick. This was this was a lot to do. And then, like, they get into the, the wardrobe once they're in the bedroom. And I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to do that? All I gotta say is it's good to have a wooden box around to, to flop around on, because that's what I did for the wardrobe sounds. <laughs> yes. You have nothing left. Yeah, I, I always wonder when when writing these how people are going to follow them, and yet somehow it it works out because y'all do do such a good job in the on the production side of it. Um, that I was like, yeah, I can just jump between these scenes; it'll be fine. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Let's not pay him anymore, sort of did. I feel like this this was uh this was like a eh, an 8 on a 1 to 10 I think in terms of difficulty. I feel like um I need a little more time before I could do this one 100% justice, but I, I think I got the nuts and bolts in there. That sounds like a challenge. Yeah. Mm. This might be something I revisit later down the line and just uh, take another stab at for my own purposes for studying. But uh, oh yeah, here we are at the end of the episode. Uh, oh, we're getting the final monologue, right? Sorry, I can barely hear it. And there we go, for those who came before. I had such a hard time figuring out the end. Um, I tried out like four or five different things before I ended up with this one. Well, it worked for me, because I was reading it and I was getting all misty. I figure, like, if the script is good, it makes me cry. And good job, you made me cry. Right. I, 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 I accept that. <laughs> All right. With that, here we are into the second wrapper, where uh, New and Thomas are kind of checking out the digs. News had gotten cleaned up from her ordeal with the Zarok. And now they're figuring out what to do next. So, VC. Yeah. New has a big decision to make. Yeah, because it's like, take up the offer from Kay Teller and to teach, or go look for their friends. And I really like how you um, kind of put the sweet and the savory in this one, because like it starts off all kind of excited, like she's checking out her wardrobe now. And then at the end, you get into the deep discussion about that. And so uh, was that something you set out to do in the beginning? Or did that just kind of happily come together? This episode was kind of like sort of what was going to happen. I knew that they were going to be to be on to be on the ship, and 
and we'll have to make uh, next. I didn't think at first it was going to be uh, the whole episode about that. George mm -hmm. in really held me form like, oh, this is what's going to happen now. Um, and a lot of it is trying to be helpful. Thomas is trying to uh, help Neil along, uh, not be too uh, pushy about it, but, you know, uh, new is new to all of this, to, to life in general. So he's trying to say, well, you know, look at this bit here. This could be important. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like how he's pulling up stories and they're... <laughs> it's kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah, and it was interesting to me, too. Yeah, because, like, in the first rapper, um, when... He, like new is speaking with Kate Teller and I really thought Thomas's interjections were interesting because they were almost overprotective and kind of condescending in their own way where like uh, when new is struggling for what to say he pops up he's like well this is what new is she's a, a combination of Zarak and human and she's dealing with it and like uh, he he gets overprotective of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In a way, Thomas, uh, um, in his role as as a student, to more like a, uh, to more like a, uh, a, it's more like a caretaker of, of new. At this point, you know, uh, Thomas has grown. You know. Yeah, I kind of thought he was turning into like a big brother almost. Yeah. I would yeah. make a fool of myself. Hmm. Why don't you get dressed while I play a story? Yeah. Okay. Playing the Error Initiative. So Tilly and Susan, the other bridges, the bridges of Madison County... Except you probably don't live in Madison <laughs> County, do you? Anyway, yep. bad jokes for me all over because I was wow. I was just like, wow, I got three bridges in here. This is nuts. Anyway, I can't get over that apparently. But uh, <laughs> here we are in the Error Initiative, the short that you and uh, you two wrote. Yep. And uh, all right, first thing, I just wanted to get this off my chest. I loved that we have these two agents of chaos. One starting his own podcast. And I was like, when I, when I saw the script, I was like, okay, he's not good at it yet. That's a decision I'm making right now. He's not good at podcasting yet. So I had a lot of fun putting in, like, too many effects and, like, having him forget to turn things off and stuff when he stops recording. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. But, uh, okay, so that out of the way. Um, what was the major impetus? What was the prompt that got you guys writing this one? Uh, it was the title. I mean, if you remember, if, if you listened to the commentary from the last episode where we talked about, um, I can't remember the title of it now. Oh, The Natural. Um, it was one night uh, we were, you know, uh, in bed and we were just talking as we do and, you know, cracking each other up. And somehow the phrase, the error initiative came up and we really liked it. We thought it was like a good, funny little title, but we had no idea. Of, like, what would that be? And they're like, well, what if? What if their their job is it's just these beings and their job is to cause errors? They're just they're just problems for everyone. And so that was it. That was literally it. 
Yeah, and I love how minor the things are. Yes, nothing serious. Like, I mean, they're big to the person involved, but overall, yep. it's not like, oh no, the nuclear reactor is going to melt down because Air Initiative spilled some coffee. <laughs> like, it's big to the people in their lives. Like, girl getting her first job, dude going for that 300. Okay, the last one, really not so much. I mean, it's pickles on a hamburger, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, re I really did like how personal the problems were rather than, like, global. Well, yeah, because, you know, it's like sometimes you're having a really good day and then, like, one little thing goes wrong and you're like, come on, why? <laughs> you know, and so it's just, it's those little things, you know? Right, right, right. And sometimes you're like, there's no explanation for it. Why did I have to trip and fall in that fountain on my job interview and look like a fool and kind of insult the person I was interviewing with on accident and... I mean, and half the time you blame yourself for these things. Right. But what if it wasn't what really if it your wasn't fault? wasn't your fault? Right. What if I could blame someone else? <laughs> yes. That, that seems to be going around these days. But uh, did, did either of <laughs> you ever fall into a fountain and, and lose a job because of that? No. No. Okay. So you guys have moved beyond the write what you know trope. <laughs> You've gotten good enough so you can write what you don't that know. I've done in multiple scripts. I think um, the splashing of water in fountains is good audio stuff. And so I've, there's, it happened last season in the Kingery, and it happens in a couple of other scripts. So it's, it's just a good like audio thing to do, you know? Ah. Like if somebody just falls, you hear them fall. It's not that interesting to listen to. But if they fall into a fountain, there's a lot of audio going on there. Right, right, right. Yeah, the splashes were fun to work with. And, um, oh, speaking of which, like, so when I, when I was reading this script, I was trying to think, like, okay, so you guys wrote, like, um, when they, when the Error Initiative does their thing, um, they, their voices should be filtered, but that's pretty much all you gave me. Yeah. And so I was thinking, like, okay, how am I going to make this, what sound are they going to make when they make somebody's life miserable for a moment? <laughs> and... As I was thinking, I just went, <laughs> I just kind of like put air in my cheeks and let it out. And I was like, there it is. <laughs> Whatever works, you know, you got to fold the ear on stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun because uh, when I dropped it into the mix, I was like, oh, yes, perfect. Because before that, I was thinking, like, should I do something more realistic? Like have somebody walk by and bump into her and knock her into the water? But then, you know, specifically it said there's nobody else nobody else here. And right. I was like, well, I can't have a person walk by. Now can I? Right, because it's important that they don't have a, a, another human they could blame it on. It's right. not, yeah. Right. And then the boss is like, are you implying that I pushed you into the fountain? No, 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 no. Oh, my God, that cracked me up. Uh, but yeah, the bowling alley thing, oh, that we're into now, th this was tricky because I found a lot of bowling alley sounds, but none of them were the right length. Like I needed them to be longer. Yeah. And when I started stretching them out, they just got distorted digitally because they weren't high enough sampling rate to really mess with. And so I was like, dang it. So uh, that took a while to find, like I, I ended up, blending together multiple sound effects like sound samples to to get the sound things that i wanted but uh yeah had a little bit of fun with this one again none of you has ever messed up a, a 300 by doing that right no i've never gotten close no 
also haven't bowled in probably 20 years. <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. We bowl and then the score is on the board and that's how we know the score because otherwise I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, again, I think the, the setting for that just came about because it, audio, in terms of audio, a bowling alley is very interesting to listen to. Mm. There's a lot of sounds that you associate with them. There are a lot of good, fun yeah. sounds in a bowling alley. Yeah. Audio nerds. Yeah, like the pins, the machines, the the conveyors. Yeah, like all kinds of things. That is true. I hadn't considered that. But as soon as I saw the settings, I was like, oh, fountain. Okay, bang, bang, bang. Bowling alley. Bang, bang, bang. But, oh my gosh. When this part cracked me up. When, um, okay, so we've got, uh, we've got Delta and Epsilon, right? Mm -hmm. And they're played by Daniel and Johnson as Epsilon. And then we've got, um... Uh, Carl Nordman as Delta. Those two cracked me up so hard. They were really funny. Because um, Delta, yeah, Delta's the deeper voice one, right? And Epsilon is the the, the, the weird one? I think. I forget. I, I don't know. I know. We wrote this so long ago, I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, so Delta, let's just say Delta is the deeper voice character. Like his delivery is so super serial. And Epsilon is just like, totally off the wall so when I casted this I said you know I think pinky in the brain and I gotta say they delivered it <laughs> I like that I had a lot of fun editing those guys together hmm oh and, and here we go into the last rapper and uh okay so Mia Culpa I was watching the Cowboy Bebop live action when I was working on this section like I had it going on in the background it's like okay okay we need some jazz. We need some drums. We need some cacophony where these two are just like... Because it's such... It's it's rather a strange musical choice on my part because usually I kind of default to the um, the electronic stuff for the, the rappers because it's usually more sci-fi. Yeah. But um, I was like, all right, well, we had jazz in Kate Tellerin's office. We'll end it with a little bit of raucousness at the end where... Uh, Thomas and New are like, no, no more. New just like has it. And Thomas is like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Which was interesting. I liked how that developed because like. In Thomas's defense. In Thomas's defense? Yeah, in, in his defense, the, the story, he thought it would make New, oh, you know, mistakes happen all the time. You know, these things just happen. Yeah. But he was like, no, bad. something bad is going to happen. So, it's a contrast there between. Oh, yeah. But in my own mind, it really cements that like brother-sister relationship vibe going on where he's like the the insensitive older brother just like, no, it's just this is how the world works. And the sister's like, but that's not how I work. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. But, uh, yeah, here we are. The end of the episode. So... Anybody got any last thoughts? I'll, I'll just go down the line. VC, any last thoughts? Next episode is going to be awesome. Nice. Josh Bridges. <laughs> this was great. Very simple. I like it. That's all, all I've got. <laughs> and Tilly and Susan, any last thoughts? Uh, yeah, it was wonderful. And I also want to say that, uh, Vincent, you're doing a fabulous job with these because, look, you get a... Uh, uh, an important short, like unbury your gaze with a really important message that needs to get out there. Then you get something absolutely ludicrous 
bananas like the error initiative and you have to make them work in the same episode and i know how hard of a job that is and you're doing a really great job thank you silly thank you so much a good job team indeed everybody firing on all cylinders hip hip hooray wow and uh, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye.